0: What's going on? Welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by Seakeek I'm Daniel Salerson. We are back for the second half of the season as the Pelicans welcome in the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight at 7 p.m. Joining me today are the fellows that will have the call on the radio broadcast tonight, ESPN, New Orleans, 100.3 FM. That's Todd Graffinini and John The Shazer. And the reason why I'm having them on today is because today is a very important day, um, not only in the sports world, but for all of us personally. It's a one-year anniversary of the NBA season getting shut down after the first positive coronavirus in the NBA, which happened to be from Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. And of course, that was a a crazy night for all of us from a broadcasting perspective for for Todd and JD personally being there in Sacramento. So we really kind of just want to reflect on what a year it's been for all of us and and for everyone around the country and around the world. And and, and guys, first of all, happy second half of the season to you. I know it's gonna be a grind, but um, I'll start with Todd and I'll go to JD. First, just take me back just from a a bird's eye view of March 11th last year and kind of how things developed for you in your mind, when you started to realize that not only were you probably not going to play a game that night, but we might not be back in the building for quite some time. Well, Daniel,
1: first of all, thanks for having me. And it's great to see you and I'll see you later, obviously. (laughs) Of course JD, but uh, after getting the batteries recharged, so to speak, What a strange day, and of course, it started on the road trip itself. You know, we were out west after that Sunday game in Minneapolis, so we had a couple days off in Sacramento. Well, the thing about that day, which I want to say it was a Wednesday, um, you know, it it was – we had not really talked about the season even being postponed. I think the first thing we had kind of heard – up until that point was possibly fans not being in buildings the rest of the year, which was obviously going to be a big step, but nothing like, well, there's a possibility that, that, that the season's going to be suspended. Then you throw on top of that, the Pelicans were kind of getting themselves back into the playoff picture. And that game against Sacramento was going to be a very important game. So we were talking on the on the broadcast side of things how important the game was and, and just the importance of it and then all of a sudden you know you get your notice on the phone that Rudy Gobert has tested positive and the season's going to be suspended but the Pelican Sacramento game is still going to be on i mean it happened so quickly i was doing a, a a guest appearance on a on the local affiliate in Sacramento that was broadcasting the game that their flagship and I mean, it happened like that, like literally the snap of a finger. And I'm getting texts and and the host, I'm looking at my phone and the host is going, I think you need to go. I said, yes, I need to go because we need to figure things out here. But that's literally how quickly it happened. And it's just, I've used the word so many times, surreal. And I know we're going to get into it a little bit later as we were getting on the air. But uh, I, it just happens so fast. You can't even put into words how quickly just you went from having a season to absolutely nothing in the span of about 25 minutes, real time.
0: What about you, JD?
2: Yeah, it was, it was actually, we were, we're in the arena is what I remember most. And, um, and the thing that stood out was uh, guys who generally get up their shots pregame, you didn't see that. So that was the first sign. uh, And that it was, you know, it was kind of, it was almost like a ghost town. And so I'm doing a radio spot with uh, with Doug Christie. And um, I remember we get the news that literally uh, Oklahoma City has been pulled off the court. <laughs> they're getting ready to tip and they've been pulled off the court and they're playing against Utah. And then you get the news that Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus. And so then I remember uh, I think we were off air, but I remember telling Doug Christie first, I said, "Um, we're not going to play. And he, and he said, huh? I said, I don't think we're going to play. I said, look at the court. And so then, you know, we finished up the radio spot, and you notice the Pelican guys want to go out and, and work out, but they're not out there shooting around. I think one last lonely guy ends up getting up some shots. I can't remember exactly who, and I can't remember if it was Graf I, I spoke to or if it was Antonio Daniels from Fox Sports New Orleans. But I remember telling him, we're about to go home. <laughs> and that, that was my exact words we're about to go home and so and and i remember specifically antonio saying um well no you know um, we go to la after utah and i said no 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 no, we're not going to utah because rudy gobert has tested positive and i said this isn't six degrees of separation this is the nba where there's 30 teams there's like two degrees of separation you know who did utah play and who did that team play and who did that team play So we're right in the midst of this. I said, now, you know, we're going to go home. Probably sorted out then. Little did I know we were going home for a year. But (laughs) I knew we were going home at that exact moment. And so from the rest of it, it, it just got a little bit, it got a little bit scary because, I mean, you know, we still don't know all of the effects of the virus on each and every individual. And so you don't know who's affected. You don't know how widespread it is. I just knew we were going home. I remember calling my wife. And she was like, what are you doing? You're at the game. I was like, baby, we're getting ready to come home. And that was, that was what I just kept saying to everybody. We're going home. I just didn't realize it was going to be like this.
1: And, and Daniel, if I interrupt, the reason why our game was stopped is because Courtney Kirkland, who was one of the officials that night for the Pelican Sacramento game, was in Utah two nights before refereeing the Utah Jazz game. And that's why we never ultimately came out. And I, I I still to this day think, wow, I mean, we had the presence of mind to realize this was the case because my moment, JD, was we were actually doing our pregame and the clock, which we always look at to kind of judge when we're taking breaks and what Daniel's doing back in the studio, the clock said seven minutes. And there was nobody on the court. The Pelicans, and that's oh, cool. when we looked at each other and said, "This is not happening. This <laughs> yeah. is not happening." And then Alvin Gentry came out of the tunnel, looked up in the stands, and said, "We might as well shut it down right now," because and that's exactly. But Courtney Kirkland is really the ultimate reason why we didn't play because he was in Utah a couple nights before. And again, you look back on things now, and. and there was so much unknown. We had no idea how you could get it and how it would spread. It just in the infancy of it, but it's, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it.
0: It's just, it's crazy. You talk about JD talks about the two degrees of separation. I mean, that's where it was right there. And everything is connected. And you saw a couple more jazz players, Donovan Mitchell ended up getting it. You know, that's where it really started to, I guess, kind of sink in um But personally, for you guys, because obviously we knew uh when the game was suspended, you know the season was suspended, and they said the Pelicans and Kings will play on. Which for me, I was like, there's no way that they're going to do this. And then finally came to the senses of we're not playing. But personally, what you all had to go through to not only cancel the game, we all were flying from Sacramento all the way home. But you also were able a chance to gather with the team and have a meal. But from a safety standpoint like you mentioned, we really didn't know the effects or what was going on. There was no mask wearing. Um, you all were flying on the plane home. Were you all concerned safety wise that, you know, when this happened that, you know, you you guys are kind of vulnerable at the time. JD, I'll start with you. Did you feel like personally as from a safety point that what's going on here? Am I in danger right now, just being in the building or being on a plane or being in a restaurant? They,
2: I think it was the infancy and it was one of those situ- situations where, you don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> so you don't know enough to be afraid because in hindsight, there's no way in the world <laughs> we should have been having dinner together. No. There's no way in the world we should have all been, you know, in, in a, on a charter flight, great flight. But there's no way in the world we should have all been on there together with no mask and no protection against one engine. We just didn't know enough to know what we didn't know. And so <laughs> we just figured, okay, we're good. Let's go eat. Uh, let's go home. And we had no idea the, the magnitude of what this is. And I guess from that standpoint, you know, ignorance is bliss because we were all just having a nice dinner and a nice meal. And think we go home and we'd be playing again and, you know, three or four or five days or something like that.
1: Daniel, that, that's why JD's a writer and I'm not, I could not have said it better myself. I, I mean, you think about it. We ate dinner as a team, as a group, no mask. Nobody even talked about it. Nobody even yeah. talked about it. We all get on the plane. We fly home We flew home all night. I, I, I mean, as sure as I'm sitting here, I did not think once, not one time that I should not be on this plane with, with yeah. all, not one time that I think about that. So JD's right. Ignorance truly was bliss. And the, and the thing about it is, you know, we get, we all go into the, uh, into the building into the facility on Friday, the 13th, the team meets with, with the doctor. We meet with the doctor and little did we know we'd, we have not been back in the facility (laughs) since 363 days. It's been since we've been back in there, but no, no, not even a thought or a hint, Daniel, that we should not be eating together or getting on the plane and flying back home together. Because we think about the traveling party that was with the jazz that were in Oklahoma city. They yeah. had to stay in Oklahoma city. They were not allowed to fly commercially. They were not allowed. So they were trying to figure out how they were going to get back from Oklahoma city to salt Lake city. And I tell you what, I would not want to have been on that ride because well, I, who knows how long that would have
0: been. Which is, which is crazy to think about. I remember leaving the arena that night after the, the game was canceled, it was Caroline Gonzalez and Joe Cardosi uh, who are part of our crew And I was like – because, of course, no one knew. I was like, okay, the NBA season will be suspended for a couple weeks. They'll get everything together. They'll figure things out, and then we'll be back. It'll be fine. And lo and behold, season shut down. We played the NBA bubble um, in late July, early August. And then to start this season and continue the season, there are plenty of COVID protocols, as we we hope we're seeing the end of this soon. Um, But just going back to, I guess – this whole year and working from home. And, you know, I remember at the beginning of this, you know, Todd was doing play-by-play of, of dogs, you know, chasing toys around or something for (laughs) pelicans.com. You know, we're doing podcasts, we're doing shows. Did you think one year from now, this is where we'd be? I mean, we're still doing zoom interviews still for podcasts. Like we'll see each other tonight, but for the longest time we were, this, is our inter- this was our interaction and still for a lot of people to this day, Todd, I'll start with you. I mean, just looking back this last year, did you ever think it was going to get to this point where we are right now based on how things went down a year ago tonight? Not this long, not, not a year. I, I, and maybe again, I was being naive.
1: I, I thought that they would have a vaccination out. Now, again, I know it, it took a lot of work even to get a vaccine out as quickly as they did. But I I really thought that it was going to be, you know, sometime in the fall uh, that basically things would start getting back to normal. I I did not think there would be a a full year. And again, we're still not back to normal even though we're kind of trending in the right direction as the vaccinations continue to get uh, rolled out. But no, I I absolutely didn't think it would be this long. We're still sitting here talking on, on Zoom. But I, I will say this, it has been great to get back in the arena, at least during home games, be able to watch them on the court, not on a, not on a monitor, and, and just get the camaraderie back. You know, still not traveling, you miss that, not being around, you know, everyone on, on a day-to-day basis and not being in the facility on a day-to-day basis, but at least the interaction with us as a group, as the broadcast team, Has been so, so good because during the summer, man, it, it, it stunk. I mean, it really did just not being around everybody. That's, you know, that's one of the perks of this job is not only you get to call games and, 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 and be a part of this organization, but just being around your comrades and, and your, uh, your colleagues, that's, you know, that's what you really
0: miss as the summer went on. And JD, real quick, you covered both teams. So you you've already had to go through this with the Saints um, still being able to travel. Well, obviously, those things were a lot different this year, um, covering the Saints and then doing both teams. I mean, how has this year been like for you as a, as a writer, as a broadcaster, um, just going through all this um, with all the uncertainties of, of what this pandemic has brought? Well, that's the main
2: thing. Is the, you know, the new norm is being uncertain about everything. Now, you know, Graf mentioned, you know, I got the writing background. So, and, and part of being a writer is, you know, you don't trust anybody, almost, (laughs) you don't trust (laughs) anything, and so, you know, I always take things from, you know, the the highest extreme to the lowest extreme, so I wondered if the NBA was going to be able to to complete a season, I wondered uh, the wisdom of the NFL even starting a season, and and I certainly didn't know that they'd be able to pull it off in the time frame, Uh, and, you know, now, once the NFL started up, and then I figured, okay, the NBA will be able to get back and I don't know how normal quote it'll be, but you know, they'll be able to get back. Um, but it's been a, a really, a really isolated place. Um, Even though we've not now got a few fans back in the arena, but as Graph mentioned, just not being in the office, and uh, not being able to interact with, with people generally. I mean, now you, you know, you, if you go to the store, even now, you're pretty much sprinting back home <laughs> and, yeah. and kind of getting off to the, your safe spot, so to speak. So, you know, those things, are the things that you miss the most, just being able to shake hands, uh, just being able to be face to face and walk out of your office. You know, I've been able to work from the facility a little bit, but even now you work, walk out of the office, walk to somebody else's office, you make sure you you got your mask on. Uh, You're probably staying, you know, eight, 10 feet away from them. And so that kind of personal interaction is, is the thing that you miss the most throughout this whole thing.
0: It's been one year I've been dying to give Todd a hug and I still haven't been able to give him one (laughs) for the last year. So uh, I'm just counting down the days till we're both able to do that again. Um, One more question about the broadcast and then we'll kind of trickle into the Pelicans um, as we wrap things up here for the second half of the season. But, you know, we were all trying to have a conversation before we went on. Obviously I started my pregame show. Todd called me before the pregame show happened and goes, Thunder and Jazz are canceled. Like there's no way we're having a game. And I'm like, Todd, we don't know that yet. I was like, the NBA suspended the season, but said our game was going to go on. Um, But as, you know, even as I went on, you know, the whole tone of our broadcast changed from it's the Pelicans and Kings tonight to what the hell is going on here Uh, (laughs) for the next 40 minutes. When you two had to go on air as we approached tip off, knowing that there wasn't going to be a game, how did you? I guess, go through your mind, trying to explain to the listeners, one, it was a West Coast game too. So not a lot of people really knew what was maybe going on here in New Orleans, but how are you able to try to balance the fact that this could be a very scary situation what it's going down, but also, as we mentioned, not knowing a lot, how are you able to try to balance how to tell the listeners what was going on in Sacramento, what was about to happen, and not knowing when's the next time you're going to be able to talk to those listeners again. Todd, I'll start with you and then I'll end with JD on that.
1: I did the simple thing. I just deferred to to JD. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna explain it any better than he can, because quite frankly, I didn't know. I mean, you know, I, what do you say? I mean, we're all of a sudden, you know, we're about to play, and then all of a sudden, we're not playing. So again, as we've talked about, it was such in an infant stage. You just really didn't, you didn't know. I'm not trying to cop out of the answer, Daniel. I'm just. Sure, yeah. Just didn't know, and that's again why you leave it to the professional writer, who can uh,
0: explain things much better than me. Well, let's leave it to JD. then <laughs> What was what were you trying to do, JD? We said, all right, mics are hot. Talk about what's going on. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: you know, you try to just explain it the best you can, you know, and, and you try not to to be panicky about it because you don't know, you know, the whole situation, and so you you can basically explain what you do know. You can't jump to any assumptions because jump into assumptions in that situation was just not wise i mean we just we didn't know anything i mean we weren't educated enough to make a guess and say you know what this could ripple out and this could be a month from now this could ripple out and this could be two months from now we just didn't know enough to be able to really be able to educate people on anything so all we could say was look this game's canceled folks Uh, and that's all we know for right now the nba is suspended And that's all we know for right now. And and we just had to go with that. You know, obviously there's a fear that goes along with that because when the league shuts down, you know that that's something serious going on, but you don't necessarily want to project that all the way out because you don't know all the particulars. You know, the league didn't know what the hell was going on. So nobody knew enough to be able to to really get into it and say, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. You know, we were all just kind of flying without a net and just hoping that we could be that we could be succinct about it and not panicky about it in my mind.
0: You know, it's crazy to think about we could do this for a whole day, but obviously it's a game day. So we're gonna wrap things up here in just a few moments. But you know, when the NBA shut the season down, the trickle down effect for all the other professional sports leagues and not only just professional sports, but schools and work and everything and kind of hit that oh crap button you know, as soon as Rudy Gobert tested positive, how that really changed things around this country and dynamic. And also, I think we have to give props to the NBA of how they've been able to handle not only the bubble with no positive tests. Um, this season has certainly been a challenge with dealing with players testing positive, staff members testing positive, but the fact that we're already halfway through and looking like we will be able to finish out a season, knock on wood here, um, it will be tough, 36 games in 67 days. But, again, I think everyone is certainly glad that there is basketball. And even, you know, March Madness is upon us, too. I mean, that got shut down. The whole tournament got shut down a couple yep. of weeks after. And, and, you know, everyone's approaching conference tournament time. So it will be nice to see that all those things a year later are, are back in its original form. Uh, before I let you guys go, and I'll start with J.D. and along with Ty. Pelicans are 15-21 and 21 heading into tonight's ballgame against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Looking at the schedule, looking at the the Western Conference, it's it's going to be pretty tough for this team um, to get a playing spot to work into the playoff spot. Um, JD, one, how important are these two games, Minnesota and Cleveland, first two games off off the bat? You know, two very winnable games to set the tone for the second half. But also, what do you want to see from this team in the second half to to show the growth that you you want to see from such a young team?
2: Well, these first two, I think, are I don't I hate to say critical, but they need. Uh, they need them. You, you're playing against teams that are inferior, and you need to beat these teams. Uh, I'd like to see this team just find some consistency. Find some things that you do well, and do those things each and every night. And I, and and unfortunately, the consistency has been so wild. You know, from beating a Milwaukee to losing to a Minnesota, that we just don't know exactly what we're going to get out of this team. Um, we don't know if Brandon England's going to give you 35 or if he's going to give you 21 and he shoots, and he shoots, you know, inefficiently. Those are the things that need to be smoothed out. They need to know exactly what they're going to get from guys each and every night. Otherwise you're going to continue to have these big, huge wild swings where they're capable of beating a really good team like Utah and, and not capable of taking care of business, you know, two nights later against a team that they should be able to take care of. Those are the things that got to be, it has to drive them crazy. If you're a professional and you got pride, you're saying, you know what? We need to know what we're going to be able to get out of each and every guy every night. And if you don't know that, then you can't can't plan on anything. It's hard to just say, we know we're going to get 25 out of this guy. We know we're going to get 15 out of this guy. When sometimes that guy might give you 18 and the other guy might give you eight. So you need to be able to know what you're going to get out of guys and not just on offense, defensively. I know Stan Van Gundy wants this team to play better defense today's NBA. The rules just won't let you just stop them; They just won't. So you got to be consistent about the things that you do do well defensively and hopefully carry those through the
0: second half of the season. How about you, Todd?
2: Yeah, Daniel, I, I guess the frustrating
1: thing about the first half was the fact that you know that the Pelicans have potential each and every night to compete with anybody who's on the schedule And you just don't see, as JD mentioned, the consistency on a night in and night out basis. Is that because it's a young team? I think a lot of it has to do with that being a young team. And Coach Van Gunney talked about it when he addressed the media after the afternoon practice yesterday. You know, this is the fifth youngest team in the NBA. And I think we forget about that a lot. So they're still trying to figure it out. But again, we see the potential of the team when you beat a Milwaukee, uh, you know, when you when you come back. Uh, against the Boston Celtics down 24 Uh, so the potential is there can you get it on a night in and night out basis and I think as far you know as the second half and try to get into the playoff picture I I don't think you can worry about that right now you know the only way you're really going to be able to get back into this thing is if you go on a long winning streak I mean that's really the thing about it is everyone's so bunched up if you win three, four, five, six games in a row, you get yourself right back into it. But the yeah. Pelicans have not proven to anybody that they can go on a streak like that. We had that four-game winning streak you know, during the first half, but obviously that ended <laughs> when we went to Chicago and Dallas and they wound up hitting 53s <laughs> in two games. So, it, you know, it, it's just you got to start tonight and hopefully you get a positive result and then you worry about tomorrow night and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers, it's got to be on a night-to-night basis. You can't think ahead. You've got to mm-hmm. get consistent every single night. If they do, you got a chance.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially with – I talk about looking ahead, Minnesota and Cleveland, but after that, it's the Clippers, Portland twice, Denver twice, Lakers, Dallas, and Boston all in a two-week span. So the importance of these two games is <laughs> well, here's very the other critical.
1: Thing. Here's the other thing too, Daniel. Again, just doing prep for the for the game tonight. You know, I, I'm looking at the numbers the first time we played this team, Minnesota, which obviously was the end of that horrific two-week road trip. But what's to say that Minnesota's on the other side got this one circled, saying, yeah. wow, we got a shot to win tonight. If you look at who set season highs down their roster, a lot of them were that night against Not, the Pelicans.
0: Nas Reed. Nagri, <laughs> Jared
1: Vanderbilt. So again, they, you know, Minnesota's going, "Well, you know, we got 7 wins, but one of those wins is against a team we're playing tonight." So you know you're going to get a good shot from Minnesota because they've been successful against the Pelicans.
2: What a what a strange first half it was. And, and the thing about that that I want to add in, Minnesota outworked the Pelicans that yep. game. Just yep. outworked them. Out-hustled you know, out them, outworked them. And you don't want to see that from a young team that should be hungry. And that's one of those consistency things that we're talking about, because we've seen some games where the Pelicans have just flat out, outworked some teams, but you can't be the team on the other side of that. You can't get outworked.
0: Wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that was the end of the long road trip, but still, you know, those was one of those games that you needed to have to kind of salvage as much of the road trip as you can. So yeah. Hopefully this Pelicans team can um, you know, take advantage of being at home for the first three games. I and mean, they haven't traveled in a few weeks based on the all-star break, a three-game homestand. So they won't travel until Monday as they head to Portland. But more importantly, you all can listen to Todd and JD tonight on the ESPN New Orleans, the Pelicans Radio Network. And don't forget the Pelicans app is your friend here in the New Orleans area as well. A great chance to listen to these two. Always enjoy having them on. Always enjoy listening to them. And guys, buckle up. Here we go. 36 games, 67 days. Stan mentioned it yesterday, they're only scheduled to have 11 practices the rest of the season, which is crazy to think about. But I really appreciate the time this morning reflecting on what a year it's been. And I'll see you all in person tonight. It is a sprint, not a marathon, Daniel. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right, Pelicans and Timberwolves snipe from the Smoothie King Center, seven PM Central Time. Again, ESPN New Orleans is your place to be on the radio. Six thirty will have pregame for you, and of course you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans as well. For Todd and J D, thanks for listening to the Pelicans Podcast, presented by CE.